What's up, everybody? Welcome to our inaugural podcast, Beers on the Gridiron, where we talk about everything football-related while drinking beers yep. and possibly reviewing them. I'm your host, Connor the Cat, with my co-host, Tommy Tomatoes. Hey, how you doing? Tommy, <laughs> what do you want to dive in first? A lot happened today for our first podcast, a lot of draft trades, um, still a lot of free agency news to you know, rush up on. What do you want to dive into first, Bob? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I just got to say, we've been recording for a couple weeks now, and every Friday night it seems like something happens, or, fr- or Friday during the day something crazy happens. So it's only natural that we should talk about the draft trades today because they have huge, play- like not playoff implications, but franchise-altering implications for their Absolutely. teams. So let's go into the first one. Uh, San Francisco and uh, the Dolphins making and their the Dolphins. trade. Well, what do you think? Like, well, where do you think they're going to go? What do you think they're going to do? So first off... I think this was a brilliant trade-up by San Francisco. Clearly, they're – I know they said that they're not trading Jimmy G yet, but – Come on. Clearly, that's that's done. That's He's got only, no trade clause, by the way. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him, but Shanahan – you know, there's been rumors rumbling for a while now that Shanahan is done with that. I mean, I think – Jimmy G can really only take you so far. Uh, you know, I think it showed in the Super Bowl where he's just not the guy that you want the ball he in his hands. Them. He yeah. limits them. He limits He's not the guy you want the ball in, you know, his hands to finish a game. Agreed. So, I, I think that obviously, you know, you don't make a trade like this or you're not going quarterback. Um, so, I think it's really dependent on what the Jets do at number two. Uh, most likely, I think they're going Zach Wilson. So I think the guys on the board yeah. for San Francisco are Justin Fields from Ohio State and Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Fields, I think, is a great quarterback for for Kyle Shanahan. I, I, I really do. I know we were talking a little bit before we started here. But you like Trey Lance, and I like Justin Fields. I well, I'm not saying you don't like Justin Fields, but I just you you think that Trey Lance is a do you think they might possibly go Trey Lance at number three? I don't know. I I'm not basing this off anything. Uh, I think that Trey Lance is a like a Kyle Shanahan quarterback where he's a dual threat. Like he's just a guy that f- can fit that system perfectly. He can run. They can run the bootleg, the option, all that. And I mean, I think you do need to get some more, like you get some more deep threats too for Trey Lance because he's got a bomb of an arm, Absolutely. an absolute cannon. Uh, and I think he fits that really well. But at the same time too, am I saying he's the better or safer quarterback than Justin Fields? No, absolutely right. not. Trey Lance is somewhat of a, a project. He's, he's kind of like Patrick Mahomes coming out where it's like a, this guy's it's a boom or bust prospect. He's either going to boom or he's going to bust. And obviously Patrick Mahomes boomed. Right. But there's a lot of comparisons did he? to... Yeah, <laughs> did he? There's a lot of comparisons to Mahomes with Trey Lance's arm talent. Um, and I mean, I think Trey Lance is a better runner uh, than, than Mahomes. And but. can I just say that like, I feel terrible for this one guy and this trade just signifies like how little of luck this guy has had in the league so far. Josh Rosen's on the San Francisco 49ers roster. Like this hurts. Woof. Like not only is probably Jimmy G gonna lose his job, but Josh Rosen's just gonna get pushed down that depth chart. I don't know. I, I, Where I, does I don't he go? go? 
Yeah. He right. just really hasn't got an opportunity anywhere. Yeah. I, I, I don't really understand and why. And they, they can tell me all they want about like, oh, they're not like, we don't know if they're going to trade Jimmy G yet and all that kind of stuff. But like, you don't make that kind he's of trade. Gone. Yeah. You don't make For the money that he has right now, he's gone. Right. There's no way that you you're having him on the roster. You don't give up those assets and all that stuff just to trade and then take someone who's not a quarterback yeah. that you think is the next guy. And, and because too, like, it's one thing if you draft a quarterback in the later rounds, or even in, in the first round, like the, the late first round, a la Jordan Love, where you're having him sit for a couple years right. with the hopes that he becomes your next guy. You don't trade up to number three to draft a guy to sit a year, especially after... Not, not, not anymore. No, not and especially really. you know with your quarterback being Jimmy Garoppolo, who is you know average at best. And uh, yeah, I, I look really there. A- average at best, really, yeah. and also injury prone. Injury, yeah, yeah you, can't, I, you can't forget that. What do you? What do you? What, what are we doing here? I'm not sure, but I mean, obviously, Jimmy G is not in their plans anymore. I don't know what that. I, well, I, he's not getting paid that much, which is good. They might have to outright, outright and just cut him because yeah. he's got a no trade clause. So he's, I mean, he's got to approve any trade. But maybe at this point, he'll he'll see the writing on the wall. Of course, you know, of so. course. So let's let's just go over the the actual trade details, which obviously they're changed a little bit because uh, of the next trade. But yeah, San Francisco we're... is sending the number twelve pick, a twenty twenty one third round pick, and a first and first round picks in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three to Miami in the deal. Oh, I didn't see the twenty twenty three. Yeah, it was no a way. three. Big, it was a big trade for Miami. Wow, that's huge. So obviously. I think their eyes are on Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Uh, if Zach Wilson, if the Jets don't go Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's obviously the guy, especially after a stellar pro day today. Yeah, we'll um, see. We'll see. But I, th- I think I think that's... Uh, if he falls. I don't think he's going to fall. I don't think he is. We both agree on yeah, that. The, yeah. the Jets are going to get him. Agreed. Donald's going to get, you know, the, he's going to get the boot. Agreed. So, what, so then let's talk about the next trade now because Miami was not done there. <laughs> All right, so let, let me get into this. Preface one. this by saying, right. our boy Tommy here, diehard Eagles fan, diehard. So this this shook me because when this trade happened, when the first trade happened, I'm thinking like, oh my god, the Dolphins are out of three. The Niners are obviously going to take a quarterback, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, high chance of God like getting dropped to number six at the Eagles. And then what? Not even not even 10, 15 minutes later? Maybe a half hour tops. I get this notification. The Eagles have traded picks number 6 and number 56 to the Dolphins in exchange for number 12, number 123, and a 2022 first round draft pick. 56 or 156? It was 156. A 156. 56. So right then and there, it took it took it, it took out of me the excitement of possibly getting Pitts or Chase because they're not making it out of the top ten, and and it's I, I just was very excited about that. So then I started thinking options at number twelve. So I'm thinking maybe Patrick Sertain. I mean I don't think he's there. I think he's going to go to the Cowboys, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, so then I'm still thinking they have their eyes set on receiver, um, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. I think are going to be uh, options there. You know, Farley, the corner, they might actually take, they might actually engage in that. Um, and I, let me just say this. I, I saw a lot of this on Twitter today after the trade happened, that they could have their eyes set on Mac Jones. 
And let me let me just tell you right now, that would that would break me. I, I would need therapy. I really would. I don't I think the city of Philadelphia would need therapy if that was the case. I don't see that happening at all. But what what really, you know, I don't know what their direction is. I think they are primed uh, for a big rebuild. And I think they're setting their, themselves up, you know, for the right amount of picks that they can actually turn it around uh, relatively quickly. They could. They but, could. But I, let's see. You got Cincy at five. They could go receiver. I don't think so. They might, like we, they, they, we, we, we talked, I couldn't resist texting you today about this because I, my mind was scrambling. But they, they could, in fact, take a receiver. But Burrow got hurt because they couldn't protect him for the life of them. That, well, that's the right move. That's what they should do. But I'm just saying they could, especially Jamar Chase, because who was his quarterback in college? Joe might Burrow. be the perfect fit. Yeah, Joe. That's actually, I didn't, wow. I didn't yeah. Think about that. That's yeah. So, so that, I think, I, while it might not be the best pick for them, that that's on the table. Yeah. Miami. Who knows? But they most most likely go receiver. They need receiver help. And this is an underrated team that not a lot of people are talking about going receiver. But the Detroit Lions. Who do they have at receiver? They just lost Kenneth Galladay to my Giants. They lost Marvin Jones to Jacksonville. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. They might automatically go receiver. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I mean, I'm not going to... Jared Goff, just bringing Jared Goff over. Yeah, I don't I mean, think who you have a receiver if Jared Goff's your quarterback. I, I mean, I, yeah. It's Jared freaking Goff. I mean, what are you going to do? But you, you know? got to give him something. Yeah, I know so you, do. you do. They could very well go receiver. The other teams uh, you got in front, I mean, Cowboys, I think, are definitely going cornerback. I think Sertain is their guy. If I not, think so, too. If not Caleb Farley, but I think Sertain's definitely their guy. But let's go one pick after that. Who do you think the Giants are going? I I now I don't know. I, before <laughs> yeah, Ken, right, before the, the Kenny boat. Galladay pick uh, or Kenny Galladay signing, I thought that you know Waddle or Smith were the options on the table there. But I, I now it really opens up who they go. Does Rashawn Slater fall? Do they want to still bolster up that offensive right. line that is still far from a proven group? Do they want to go defense? Do they want to maybe look at Micah Parsons? Uh, I, I'm sure they're going to look at the edge rushers and Gregory Rousseau and Quiddy Pay. I'm not fans of them. I don't think that they're worthy of uh, a top eleven pick, uh, eleven to be exact. Right. Uh, but I'm sure they're going to look at them, uh, and I, I still think that if if someone like Waddle is there. The, or, or, or Devontae Smith, I definitely think they consider it, and I would, would not be opposed to adding more oh, weapons. Oh, no, you can't. But more weapons, and, and not even just for this year, looking towards the future. Everyone gets excited about a playmaker. Exactly. So, you know, but, then, but then you got a team like Denver, who they definitely don't need receiver they help. Nine? Yeah, they're picking nine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're not going to go. I don't think they're going to go receiver. They're just no, 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 no. I was going to say, they have no, they don't need yeah, any Sutton, receiver. Judy, Sutton, Judy yeah. Hamler, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Tim Patrick. Well, is Tim Patrick still with them? Yeah, he's tight yeah, end, I think, right? No, no, no. No, 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 no,
I think so, to be quite honest with you. I, I think I think there's a lot of teams. I know, I know. I think the Eagles will have their choice of Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. You think both of them will be available? I think both of them will be available. I really do. I don't see anyone else. I don't see anyone else possibly taking them. I mean, unless unless you just mentioned you mentioned something like interesting to me. What if Detroit were to take a receiver and let's say it was I don't know Devontae or like Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle? Could you see Kyle Pitts falling? I could. Right? I could. Right? Here, here's another wrench that, and I feel like this is a team that nobody has talked about at all in terms of who they're going to draft because there's still uncertainty there. Who are the Atlanta Falcons taking? Oh, quarterback. Because I, I, saw, I, saw, I saw a draft today that had Kyle Pitts going to them. I know. That's I, just fucking silly. I, I, I know. And, and I'm not... They should clearly go quarterback. Uh, I think Matt Ryan has had an underrated career. Uh, I, I don't really think he, he's gotten the props that he deserves. Like, you know, he's been a good quarterback throughout his career, but it, it, let's move on. We don't we're, have we're enough done. time. We're done. Me. We don't have enough time in a podcast for me to explain how much I hate Matt Ryan. Okay. Okay. But, so that's but, how but I feel. Either way, we're done with Matty yeah. Ice. We're done with Matty Ice. Yeah, it's time. I mean, Which, what is he, 35 years old? Gotta okay. be close. Right, thirty-five. Because he came in the same year as Flacco, right? After after that Super Bowl debacle, it's time to it's time to tear it all down, start it over. Oh my I, God! Uh, still, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch up on that subject too much. But oh my God! Could you imagine if that was a Giants or Eagles in that Super Bowl? We wouldn't be having this podcast. We wouldn't be no. having this podcast I've, because I'd be I would prison. not be. I would not be. I would not be here. <laughs> but. So yeah, there, there's a lot of lot of implications uh, there, and it'd be very very interesting to see. But crazy yeah. the activity today. I don't, I don't know, know what it is about March 26, but a lot of activity. And let me just touch in again, just on the Eagles trade too. Um, I I know people were disappointed because it does take Chase and Pitts out of the equation for the Eagles. Like probably takes the, takes them out of the equation. But think about this for like like this team is more than one player away from like being a competitive football team. Like they I know people like to say retooling rather than rebuilding, but let's just admit the Eagles are rebuilding this year at least. So next year, <coughs> excuse me, they could have three first round draft picks next year if Carson decides to play, <laughs> decides to play 70% of the snaps or 75% and they make the playoffs. Or however that is, however that's structured. So they could have, they could really have three first round picks next year. So the Eagles could actually own the twenty twenty two draft. Absolutely. You know, with three first rounders. I mean, come I mean, come on. Or let me even put another spin on this too. Let's just say the rumors are true. The Eagles are interested in Deshaun Watson. They now have this year's first and three first probably next year to trade for Deshaun Watson. They have the assets to trade for him if they want to. I don't think we- they do it, and I don't think they're. I, I don't know. I think the interest. Well, I, you know what? I like to think I know. I really don't know. Well, we really have to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. We do, yeah, no, of because, course. That's got to get figured out first. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's pretty much you know the, that was the news today. Uh, what I want to get into next is some of the biggest free agent signings and you know trades. Perfect. I love uh, free agency. Yeah, and you know what teams did the best, what teams did the worst, what teams are switching gears completely from twenty twenty. Uh, into 2021. Okay. So I'm going to ask you right off the bat, what is your favorite signing? Oof. Um, 
What is my favorite signing? Put um, you on a spot. Well, could I? I don't know if I can make this as my favorite signing. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to judge it. Could I make Dak Prescott my favorite signing? Absolutely. Okay, good. Even though we stayed on the same team and everything, they needed to pay him. They needed to solidify him. They needed to pay him that money to go forward. And I, I think I think that really just is a boat of confidence for him going forward. I can't stress this enough. And I have a couple Cowboy fan friends. Yeah, Some we, of them... We have that, the same mutual. Yeah, yeah. mutual friend. Yeah. Some of them... Love Dak Prescott. Some of them aren't big Dak Prescott guys. And, you know, us being Giants and Eagles fans, you know, whenever rooting for, you know, Cowboy players or Redskins or Washington football team players to play well, Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback and a very, very good one. Right. You do not find these players on trees. It is the most important position in all of sports. He was a fourth round draft pick for fuck's sake. Like, you know, like he's, he's done on. great. What are we doing? All the people saying, oh, he's not worth this money. Oh, he's uh, asking for too much. Nah, that's who, the going rate. Who that's fucking cares? Rate. Especially, you know what? If you want to bitch and complain about Dak Prescott getting too much money, look at Jerry and be like, what were you thinking with Zeke? What were you thinking with Amari who shows up Correct. Only at home games. Uh, he's got one year left on that team. Uh, I, I, I can't even believe that people were actually... This was a, a highly debated topic about Dak Prescott getting the money. What he ended up with is perfectly fine. Correct. And you know what? If you have to overpay for a franchise quarterback... You do it. And they won't be overpaying when that deal's done, by the exactly. way. Exactly. But by, by, by year three, they won't be overpaying with the cap no. going up. Uh, Quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. Get it solidified. Get your guy. They did. They signed them. Perfect. Look at some of these other teams who still haven't found a guy. And that's with number one picks. Number oh, two yeah. picks. Number three picks. And guys, Just year, four, year four, year five, still not playing right. well, injured, all you do not find quarterbacks on trees. I right. know that we've been, you know, the league. You guys have been, well, the Giants have been blessed, you know, because like you had, well. Blessed is a strong word. Actually, no, no, let me, let me, let me step word. back. Let me step back because Daniel Jones hasn't really been working out too well. But, I mean, you had a, you had a starting quarterback for about, what, 15 years? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that's more than a lot of other people. I'll never say. complain. I'll never complain you know? about that. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase. You know what a team that's blessed? The Green Bay fucking oh. Packers are blessed. They go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Like it's like what what, what are we doing here? <laughs> and, and here's the thing too: is not everybody's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Not everybody's going to be Brett Favre. No, but getting guys that can win you games. Eli Manning is a perfect example because Eli Manning was never the best quarterback in the league. There were maybe a few years where you could say that he was top, maybe like two years, you could say that he had top five quarterback seasons. But all in all, he was, you know, your typical above average quarterback. But Nothing that, flashy. But those quarterbacks, if you have a good team around you, they can win you Super Bowls. Absolutely. They can win you Super Bowls. Absolutely. Dak Prescott can win you Super Bowls. Yes. So I think I, I totally agree with you where I think that that was. Is that your favorite signing too? I, well, I'm going to go something different. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. Just, so just to you know, mix it up. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to take a look here and see. Can I just tell you what, what signing I hate the most? Hmm. Joe Tooney. I, well, it's not so much ha- that I, the hate, I, I hate that signing. It's more so 
You just get get rid of Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, exactly, and, and you, you get a guard, Dooney. Like I mean, most of most of the time, guards. I mean, they're getting help. They can get help from the center and stuff. You know, those tackles. Those guys are on freaking islands. Five you know? years, eighty million dollars. I know. Thirty-two and a half million guaranteed. I hate it. I can't stand it. You can. And it's the dumbest and thing I've seen. Don't. I'm you not don't trying to pay. Pay, You don't want to pay Schwartz. You don't want to pay Fisher, but you want to pay Tooney that money. And I'm not. And, and uh, is Tooney even? I know they're different positions, but is he better than Mitchell Schwartz? No, he's not. Is but he that, better than Eric Fisher? But that's what you get in free agency. That's just, that's just how it happens. But you can guard, and I'm not devaluing the position, but you can, you can, get, a guard, you can get a guard in, in the second, third round in this year's draft that can come in and start right away. Yeah, you can. That you're you paying can. nickels and dimes to. What, 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 what What's going on here? So I, I don't really understand why, especially the Chiefs, like a team that is – as close to a dynasty as, as possible. And, you know, okay, they yeah. lost they lost the Super Bowl. That's your second straight Super Bowl. But you don't, but, but like, you, you, know, you know what happened to the Super Bowl. They had injuries. They are right. COVID, but whatever. Where, but where were their injuries specifically? That offensive made, line. Offensive line. And those two tackles that were injured that weren't there, they just got rid of. It it may it it's, it it makes no sense. I I really I hate that the most. I hate I, it. I, I really don't understand it. I don't. Um, so sorry, sorry to take up your time with that, but no, I, just, I, just no. want, I just want to give you that real quick. So I was looking up and down the free agent list, and I saw his name, and I I just remembered them cutting Fisher and uh, Schwartz, and you sign a guard for that amount of money. It just it just it just boggled my mind. So I'm gonna go with. And this might be an underrated signing. So this is not the flashy signing, uh, but my favorite signing probably is Cleveland Browns signing John Johnson. Uh, okay. Adding, adding him to that secondary. And what I like about that is you, so their secondary, they have a lot of young talent on there that had injuries. Grant Delpit, Injury last year. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward was kind of dealing with some injuries. Uh, Greedy Williams. They he didn't play last year, did he? Greedy Williams did. He didn't, right? Okay. They have a lot of young, talented guys on there. And you're bringing uh, John Johnson to bolster that back group in the safety position. Uh, and they also brought in uh, Troy Hill from the Los Angeles Rams. But... John Johnson is a stud. Okay. He had a great year last year. Uh, and with I like the, how you look for the underrated person. I, I, that, that, that's I, a forgotten sign. I like some of those value signings. And now we can talk about some of the big signings after this, too. We do, because I have uh, another one that I really love, I, and I want to run it by you, and I know you're going to rave about it, too. I, I'd love to hear it. Uh, but I think that was, that was probably my favorite signing, because I really think that you have to think, you have to think across the board. So... With Kevin Stefanski revitalizing that Cleveland Browns offense, which I'm sure will only get stronger. Uh, well, we'll see what they do with Odell. Yeah, well, but I, mean, I think it's almost regardless oh, of Odell. Because I, cool. I, I think if Odell's gone, they'll find someone else to come in and replace him. They can get a receiver in the draft, another one. Add to that offense. Their defense right now, their secondary is looking very, very strong, and that secondary being strong only makes Miles Garrett stronger. Oh, they yeah. They just had Jadavian Clowney in, too. I don't know what oh happened God, with that. Dude. No, I, th- I didn't see a deal get struck no, or anything. Nothing, so. but, but if and, they get him on and, the other and, side. And look, Clowney has had 
a very, very down few. Like he, yes. he was a complete bust in Tennessee. He was a ghost. Ghost in Tennessee. Seattle didn't get what they paid for no. uh, in him. So I, I don't think that Clowney is. He's definitely definitely doesn't live up to his draft pedigree. And two, you got to look at. Was he, he played? Was he one? Yeah, he was definitely number one he was overall. Number one overall. overall. And you know what? He played the the first what six years or so on Houston. Opposite to a prime J.J. Watt. I know. Couldn't have more than eight right. sacks in a year. Right. Like, come on, bro. I know. I think he's still you, good. I think he's still good. Right. He's, he's still a disruptor, but... You're 100% right. You've got to put that in the equation. But if if you put him... If you bring him in and put him next to Miles Garrett with that secondary group... Oh, yeah. That's going to be scary. Yes. That's going to be scary for a division that's a very, very strong and competitive division. And Cleveland Browns might be taking a big step. And that's why I kind of like signs like that for teams like that, where they're not the front runners in a division and they're in a division where it's competitive and only getting more competitive. Right. Cincinnati Bengals, like, I do I think that they're going to be super good next year? But, you know, they'll, they'll probably take another step. They will. So, um, I want to see how Burrow comes back, though. That's a pretty significant true. injury, you know? That's, that's true. significant. That's, true. So I know we'll, we'll, we'll see. And I just want to... One more signing that I really, really liked, uh, another underrated signing, was uh, the Los Angeles Chargers signing Corey Lindsey, center from Green Bay. Probably, you know... It only helps out the offensive line. That's going to help out Herbert. Herbert. Tremendously. I I love when teams, they, right off the bat, they see, hey, we got a young stud here. We need to bolster this offensive line. What better way? I don't know how these guys go under the radar. Corey Lindsay is one of the best centers in football. Yes, he is. One of, one of the best centers in football. 100%. And under the radar signing, not a lot of money. You never hear his name, just, though, I, you know? No, you, you, don't hear a lot of, you don't hear a lot of their The names. only centers you really hear. Jason Kelsey. That's it. I, and I Travis say, Frederick before he went down. And I didn't want to be biased or anything like that, but like you do hear his name a lot. You know, you do. Well, um, but also too, like there's reasons, like the Super Bowl speech. Like, yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're, I'm saying there's reasons where you're like, like favorites you know, of all time. Yeah, you speech, know, man. you know who that person is. But very underrated signing. I really like that. But uh, but yeah. So let's touch on let's touch on some of the big splash signings, or, or what do you have in mind? Big splashes. Um, I was, gonna, I was just going to turn to one that I really liked, but I'll have a big splash for you. Um, so one that I really liked, too, was uh, Kevin Zeitler being signed to the Ravens, um, ex-Giant. I think that was big for the Ravens mm-hmm. to actually shore up that offensive line a little bit to make it more evenly distributed for uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, one of the best guards in football, by the way. I mean, you know this. Yes, and definitely. And anyone who, I, mean, I don't know who's watching guard play by any chance, but... He, he's a monster. Yeah. I think uh, we, we mentioned that. I don't know if you take Derek Wolf's like you know remarks to, like seriously or not, but he said he's one of the smartest and most like the, one of the best offensive linemen he's ever played against. And I mean that goes a long way from one of your peers. It really does. Um, so big splash free agency signing. I mean, I mean, how do you not say Kenny Galladay? You know, how, how, how do you not say that? I mean, like it, it's a he's a playmaker. So how do you not say he's the biggest splash in the entire the entire free agency? You know, he got a little more than I would have paid though. By the way, you had to do it. That's, that's that's this is the thing. But he's got the Amari Cooper type deal. He's got that two year deal of guaranteed money. So, but his, but his but his his deal is a, a four year deal that's essentially a three year deal, where I'm not as worried like with the, the Amari Cooper deal. 
Well, it's it's different diff, different circumstances. The of Giants, is, the Giants, it's structured very Giants, similarly. The Giants needed to make a signing like this. They needed to bring in a true number one, and they haven't had a receiver like Kenny Galladay. Odell is was electric, probably the most electric skilled like skill player the Giants have ever seen. I, I, and I'm right, but like, but 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 different. I, I'm talking about Kenny Galladay reminds me of somebody who not only took the Giants to a Super Bowl and won it was the reason was a big part of the reason they won it, but also a huge reason why Eli Manning took the next step, and that's Plexico Burris. Oh, Kenny yeah. Galladay oh, is yeah. a big six four. Mo- he's tall, six four. Monster. Yeah, I believe he's six four. Holy shit! I didn't know he was six four. Contested catch. Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy that you're throwing, you're throwing up a 50-50 ball, and he's coming down with it. You know, nine times out of ten, he's just got, he's six four. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah he's six four. He's, he's got to stay fast, healthy. He's fast, and, he, and he's he's fast too. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, man, he's he's a he's a good receiver. Yeah, and and the thing is with the health too that I think it's kind of. Oh, like it's over exaggerated. Yeah, I think that. Let's see. You know, the first, the first three years of his career, he played. I'm just gonna pull it up. So his rookie year, he played 11 games. Okay. Uh, 2018, 15 games. 2019, 16 games. 2020, played five games. But I really think that last year he's in a contract year. He's playing for a team that not only is going nowhere, but just in shambles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that if it's a different circumstance, he's playing more than five games. I think he's just like, look, I'm not going to risk hurting myself further in a contract here and devaluing myself. And I'm all for that. Get your money. You're playing a contact good. sport where you have to ensure that your, your, your life, your kids' lives, you know, your family, everything is going to be in place. So I'm all for that, especially if the team is Detroit, where there's just shit everywhere. They just can't get it right. They really can't. There's and, shit everywhere. And like Matt Stafford was there for what, ten years, twelve years, something like that. He's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He's, I think he's, he's gonna blow up. In, oh, uh, oh my god, he's gonna kill it out there. He's going to. And that's I, what I want to talk about. I don't know why they. Yeah, let's do that. But I don't know why they couldn't just get it right with him. No. And he had Calvin Johnson. I mean, I, I don't know. I just. I, I feel for that fan base. I really do. I do. But, you know, new regime now. Maybe they turn things around. Uh, not this year, obviously. But I think, you know, let's say, let's see what Dan Campbell does. Uh, but it brings me back to my, my point with okay. Galladay. Rook, rookie year, 11 games. Uh, you know, 2018, 15 games. 2019, 16 games. Last year, last year's really kind of the, the one year. Uh, but I... I, I I'm not too. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna call him injury prone. I wouldn't either. No, I wouldn't either. I two really two years, he pretty much. Play, you know, two full seasons, 15 games. If you miss, but is game, but I, is he? But you got to think about it, like, is he gonna become injury prone? We'll see. You, know? you never know. It's a context. Um, can I just mention one other free agent sign that I really hated really quick? Yes, I'm looking up the list it. right now, and I, I of course we mentioned I'm an Eagles fan. You're a Giants fan, but another free agent sign that I really hate is Adoree Jackson. I and can't disagree with you more. That's fine, and that's fine. But like money wise, I mean, thirteen million dollars a year for a Dory Jackson. 
They overpaid for a Dory Jackson slightly. They gave slightly. him they gave him probably Well, th- th- this is the interesting part of it. The Tennessee Titans declined his fifth year option, which was ten point ten point six million. The Giants are like, hey, Tennessee, fuck yourselves. I'll give him two and a half extra million dollars. And let's see who's right. That's what I'm re- that's what I really want to see because I don't think Adoree Jackson is a $13 million a year player. I just don't. Well, I I want like okay, so the big thing was he was gonna like go to the Eagles or the Giants, right? So he never made it. To, I did and I said this to you too. I did not think the Giants were gonna let him do Philadelphia. And they didn't. And maybe they paid that. Maybe that's what they did. What do you think? I oh I definitely think that they were like, we need a cornerback too. And we're not letting him go to Philadelphia. Okay. The, the rest of the team came. Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, all these guys came with the, the recruiting heavy and got him. Adoree Jackson, if you have to overpay slightly for a 25-year-old. 26. 26-year-old <laughs> cornerback. <laughs> not, not that it makes a difference. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> 26-year-old cornerback who has size, who has speed. And I believe... He bites. And I believe uh, PFF, our good friends over at PFF, had him ranked fourth in, like, man-to-man coverage, I believe, on the outside. Right. When he's pressing. Yeah. The Giants play out of press? They're going to. Are they? Patrick Graham. We'll see. But when when you have have a guy like James Bradbury and Dory Jackson on the outside, that allows you... To go into more press coverage, I think, and I'm, I, I, I'm really, I seriously am not trying to be biased here. I just think he would have fit the Eagles mold more on the defensive side of the ball. I really do. I mean, because the Eagles with with uh, John Gannon are going to play bump coverage like that. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that that's not true. I'm saying I love the signing for the Giants. The love one, it. the one hole that they had on. Well, they're secondary, but really their defense in terms of just how Patrick Graham used everybody. Yeah, they don't have a super. They don't have a very strong linebacking core. They don't have much edge rushing, but they make it work because of Patrick Graham's system. And a lot of that is because of the coverage downfield. They have great safeties. They have James Bradbury had oh, he's, his he's, best year. He's awesome. Yeah, he had I, a great I, year last year. I don't see that expectation. Now having a Dory Jackson to come in and be your cornerback too. Because the question always was with a Dory Jackson in Tennessee is like, is this guy a one? Probably not. No, he's not going to be a one. But he's a two. Yes. He's a two. You don't have to have him shadowing the Julios and the Mike had, Evans. He, and he just he just had a bad year last year, and I just like I know he was also banged up a little bit too. Okay. I, I I we'll see how it works out because one team's going to be right on him, the other one's going to be severely true. wrong. We'll see. That's true. You know, that's true. We will see. I, again, you never know how these things work out, but at, at right now, even if it is a little bit of an overpay. You get your guy. The Giants He's are... He's so young, too. So I get where you're coming from with and, that. And, and the thing is, the Giants are in a position where they have to overpay. This is year four. It's also They've been years. dog shit. They've been dog shit for the last three years. You have <laughs> Dave Gettleman, who has really had no idea what he was doing this entire time. He's, that he's, he's like, I need to make some moves to make put a competitive team out on the field so I keep my job. He's yearning for his and job. You know, right? And you know is. Joe Judge has had a lot of influence on this. I, I'm all for these type of deals. 
as a Giants fan, we're done. We're, we're, we're sick and tired of just being bottom of the barrel. I know. And just it's, it's not been a fun, long time. Not fun dude. to watch. So I, when was the last time you guys were like decent? 2016? And I don't even I don't even classify that as decent because well, you, that I offense know. was just... There was no excuse for that offense being bad. I think it was 2015. No, 2016. Well, it was the year they... It was the Odell boat trip. That was yeah, the year they were the But... but uh, that that off that defense was great. It was one of the, it was a t- top five, top three defense made. Uh, that offense was terrible. That's the name of the guy. You know, I, I was just thinking about the year that they had that year and like Ben McAdoo. I, yeah, I know. And I forgot that that uh, defensive lineman's name. And I, you just reminded me of it, Damian Harrison. I loved Snacks. him. I loved him. He one was one of the most awesome. underrated D tackles yeah. in the league. Right. Uh, but yeah, okay. So let's let's move on. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I, I just want to just yeah. go out there, see your thoughts on it, because it's a relatively new signing. So I just want to say, yeah, yeah. No, no. I just want I want to see what your what your um, opinion was on Odori Jackson. And, I, I I I'm I'm a fan of it. I think. All right. So we we talked a little bit about earlier. What what did we think the NFC East standings were going to be like at the end of. 2021 into 2022. Right. And I had the Giants third. I had Dallas one. I honestly, you know, I still... Washington made a lot of good moves, too. I Before they made some of the moves they did, I still had them going back down bottom of the barrel at four. I just think that organization is just kind of in shambles and they benefited from the other teams kind of falling off. Uh, I had the Eagles at two, just because I felt like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're the Eagles, they can make stuff happen. I'm switching things around a little bit. Okay. I still have Dallas as the team to beat in the NFC. I agree with that one. But that's really reliant on Dak Prescott coming back to form and, and Zeke. And to be honest with you, that offensive line. I do want to, which has been such a strong a strong group for them for the last God knows how long, but Tyron Smith, a lot of injuries, you know, what's his face? Uh, the guard. Zach Martin? Zach Martin. Okay. Zach Martin has been the only real steady piece because of all the other injuries. You know, Travis well, Frederick. You know, if, if they're all there, they're, they're going to be a good offensive Sure, player. sure. But, like, they're they're, that's, if they're all there. So. They're going to be there. But Tyron Smith, I think he I think he's close to being done. Oh, yeah. He's close. But but their defense is a lot of question marks. So, there's opportunity for the other NFC Not for long. Teams. Not for long. If they get okay, certained. If they get certained, that's a big, yep. big boost. But, but not, they're not bringing back Eldon Smith, though. They're not bringing back... Alvin Smith. I wonder Crawford why. Crawford just retired. Yep. Jalen Smith and uh, Wolf Hunter, uh, Leighton Vander Esch. They both <laughs> sort of had, they both kind of declined a little. He, he's, and he, never, has Sean Lee, he has the Sean Lee yes, syndrome where he, he can't stay on the field. But the linebacking core kind of declined a little bit. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence so really kind of had a down year last year in terms of production. Uh, PFF still had him ranked pretty high, but that's not you know the end all be all. Right, right. Uh, I didn't really notice him that much. Uh, I, I do. So right now, as it cur- currently stands, a lot of this is all dependent on the play of 
Dan Jones. I'm calling him Dan Jones. Dan Jones. You need to earn that Danny Dimes moniker, okay? <laughs> when people right say, now you're Dan Jones. When people were saying Danny Dimes, man, I was like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. Well, yeah, because we were getting excited for something. I know, I got it. I think that we were getting, gonna get excited for. I get it. But, uh, so, what, so what do you think the division's gonna go? You wanna switch right, it up? Well, a bit? Right now, so this is, to be completely honest, give me your one, two, three, four. So as it stands right now, and it, this changes. This can change within days, uh, especially with all the activity going on, especially after the draft, too. And this um, is yeah, right good. Right now, I have the Cowboys at one. I have the Giants at two. And it, to be honest, it's it's a real toss-up with Washington and, and Philadelphia. Because Washington actually made some pretty good moves, too. You know, they brought in Fitzpatrick, who we all know what Fitzpatrick is. He's... He throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns one game, and he'll throw for 89 yards and three picks the next. It doesn't matter. It's a massive upgrade over Alex Smith. Agreed. Because, dude, it was hard to watch him. He couldn't move. Comeback player of the year, sure, but what else are you going up against? I mean, Alden Smith, I thought, he was comeback player of the month. He looked like he was going to be comeback player of the year, but then he kind of disappeared after that. Hot month, but right. Fitz, uh, agreed. Fitzpatrick up, upgrade over that. They have Terry McLaurin and now Curtis Samuel. I love Terry McLaurin. Paired with Logan Thomas, they might bring in another weapon in the draft. And Antonio Gibson, I love him. They have they have great. weapons on the line. We he's know, I love how he runs. He runs like angry. I know, I'm not angry, I, I but love, like he's I just love a his big style. dude. You know, I love his style. And then obviously their front seven, they have. One of the most feared front seven. Could be best in the league. Probably, maybe the best front seven. I don't, in I don't the know league. who's better than them. You know? And then again, secondary was kind of question. They brought in William Jackson, who yes. is very, very good out of Cincinnati. Right. Kendall Fuller looks like a very, very good young player. Washington, I, honestly, as it stands right now, I have them at three. Okay. And Philly at four. I think Philly. It makes sense. It makes I think sense. Philly. I think Philly. Because again. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had Philly at two. Just be easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let them down easy. Let just, be, just be easy. I think I think Philly can definitely make some moves where, and I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Philly, you know, ends up being number two where they even win the division because I think a lot of this is we got to see Jalen Hurts full camp ready yes. to go. Hey, you're our starter. What can you do? I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of potential. Uh, more so than I initially did, uh, but going into last year, I, I thought that he was going to kind of be your your Tim Tebow esque like quarterback. But no, he's I, got he, a good he arm. He looked like he slimmed down a little bit. He's got no. He's got good. He's got a good arm, uh, and he's mobile. Uh, I, I just I, I don't know. At, at when he was with Alabama, I didn't see an NFL quarterback there. When he was with Oklahoma. You got to take that with a grain of salt. He's playing with Lincoln Riley. Every quarterback succeeds in that offense. So I had questions, but when I saw him play games last year, I liked what I saw. Four I games. saw I saw potential. But four games aren't enough. They're not. So. so with that said, let me go into like who I think is gonna like how how the NFC is just gonna pan out real quick. I'm just gonna go over that. So with that said. I think the NFC East is going to follow. I agree with you on the aspect of the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to finish one. I 
going back to my first statement on how solidifying Dak Prescott means a lot to that team. I think it's just a vote of confidence, and they're, I think they're just going to perform better. They have a lot of they have a lot of good pieces in place. So I'll get into I'll get into all that, but like I think Dallas Cowboys one, I think Washington two, Giants three, Eagles four, and. I think when the the Cowboys get a player like, well, I, I assume they're going to get a player like Patrick Sertain, they're going to be a lot better on defense and on offense. Plus with um, uh, Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator, I think he's going to put together a very good defensive scheme. We'll see. It's been a long time since the Legion of Boom, but this is true. We'll 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 see what happens there. But I I, I think we're all in agreement that the NFC East is all. It, it, it is going to be determined by the quarterback play. It always. Is. I feel like it always is, though. It is, but I. I feel like all the teams are kind of structured differently. Of course. Like the Giants have the defense, and I feel like the Giants are kind of like the more complete team. The Redskins have a very strong front seven on defense, and ridiculous. And they just added some good secondary help, and they have some good playmakers on offense. But you know. Their offensive line is is inconsistent. Right. Some good players, some not so good players. We'll see what happens there. I'd like to see you know what kind of I, I trust Ron Rivera. Um, I'm very would, curious to see what Fitzpat like. How does Fitzpatrick fit in this in this system? It, uh, he's going to fit well. I think and he will. He's a massive upgrade over Alex Smith. And and let's not forget, they cut their opening day starter last year mid-season. And like I I just think he's going to be a massive upgrade. And when's the last time Fitzpatrick had a receiver like Terry McLaurin? Well, I'm higher on Devontae Parker than yeah, you, than yeah, you than you are. But is Devontae Parker Terry McLaurin? Not even close. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's pull, up, let's pull up the stats for last year. Okay, you go ahead. You pull that up for me. So me, I'm going to pull up Devontae Parker first. Okay, but I, I don't know. I, Terry McLaurin's a good receiver, but I think Devontae Parker Terry McLaurin's a top 20 receiver at this point. Well, that, that that's a debate for another time. Okay, but, well, Because, one, I don't have all the facts in front of me, and he, and he might be. Okay, you know what? Top 20 is saying a lot. Okay, so he, he all probably right, is. so... Devontae Parker last year. I want to see the games he played because I know he missed uh, a couple games. But last year he had 63 receptions for 793 yards, four touchdowns. With Tua. Four touchdowns, right? He had four touchdowns. Right. Terry McLaurin with Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke and Dwayne Haskins had 87 receptions. 1,118 yards, four touchdowns. Right. Okay. So, that that that's good. That's good. I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that's I'm not, I'm not debating that. I'm just saying Devontae Parker is still a good receiver. And he's not uh, and they're also gonna have like Wolf Fuller over there in, in Miami and stuff. Again, we're out of the conversation right now. This is between Terry McLaurin and Devontae Parker. Yeah. I, I just think Devontae Parker is a, a decent receiver. I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he's a number one. I think Terry McLaurin is a number one. All right. I think he's proved that he's a number one. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think I think Ryan Patrick is going to change that offense regardless. And I just think Daniel Jones is going to hold back the Giants 
from making a, a he could. leap. He could. There's a lot of questions on Daniel Jones. We talked before. The Giants are doing everything they can to make these moves and set up Daniel Jones for success. And you know what? It's going to be, if the Giants don't make it to where they want to be, it's going to be because of Daniel Jones. And, and if they do make it to where they want to be, because, again, the defense can only do so much. The like, I know the whole saying, you know, offense wins you games, defense wins you championships. There's truth to that, but offense, offense, offense gets you to the playoffs. I think, the, I think the saying is offense fills seats, defense wins championships. Sure. Yeah. And, and again, all true, but especially in this league, in this day and age, offense is what gets you to the playoffs. Championships, another story, yeah, defense showing up. But if, if you have a great defense and no offense, you're not you're not going anywhere. You need an electric offense. I'll agree with that. And, yeah, I'll agree with that. And I think that it really all rides on Daniel Jones. And we don't really know what's – because Daniel Jones had a promising rookie year. You know, not spectacular. I think he fucking sucks. Not spectacular. <laughs> I think he fucking sucks. Not spectacular, but a promising rookie year. Regressed tremendously. And you never want to see that. Because no, he, you never do. Yeah. You never do. So I, what? what's his ceiling? What is it? I, I personally – I've always said – I've what do you said after, after year one, I, I, I compare him to – not not in terms of playing style. I'm not saying that like their playing styles are similar because they're not. But I, in terms of overall grade, I would say like his his ceiling is kind of like a Kirk Cousins like esque type quarterback where it's like a slightly okay. above average. Like you know he can he can definitely win you games. Hey, I'd be happy with Kirk. But, yeah, but yeah, exactly. But he's not he's not a, a top ten quarterback. And and, may, and I think Daniel Jones maybe has a higher a little bit of a higher ceiling because of his mobility and his legs because he can make play he can extend plays he can make plays happen with his legs and we know I how saw important. that I saw <laughs> that yeah, yeah, yeah. eighty yards yeah, yeah. baby eighty yards at what twenty two and a half miles an hour <laughs> yeah Tyreek um, speed <laughs> yeah but uh, so I do think his ceiling is a little bit higher than Kirk Cousins uh, but again I'm not comparing their. Abilities. They're obviously two very, very different quarterbacks, but in, in terms of like their overall ranking, I would say uh, I think Daniel Jones' ceiling could be above average. Maybe if he really peaks, he could kind of etch into the top ten. But I see him as kind of like if he hits his potential, he's right outside the top ten. But you know what? Those quarterbacks can still win you football games, take you deep in the playoffs if you have a solid team around them. But that's really the question is, are they going to have a solid team around them, which right now it looks like they do. They do. But, 100% they do. But Daniel Jones, uh, this is all him reaching his potential, which he clearly has not done yet and not really expected to do after two years. But he regressed a lot last year. So we need to see what Dan Jones is made of this year. And I think that this is really a make or break year for him. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, because if, if he – I think – if he balls out, great. I'm here for it. I think he's got potential to ball out. I don't. I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. He might. You know, I, I, I think it's a who knows. I I really in my mind going into this year, I have a who knows. But it's all on him. It is. They they gave him weapons. They're giving him more offensive line help. Saquon's back. Uh, you know, you can blame Jason Garrett, and I definitely think that he's a big part of the reason why. 
this offense isn't creative, you know, no pre-snap motion, no play action, which is just ridiculous. You see all the successful teams right. and the high-powered offenses using pre-snap motion. It, it's insane that teams Absolutely. still don't use it. But So Jason Garrett definitely is a big part of it. But, you know, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions – that's, that's not expl- I, I, I don't care how bad your offensive coordinator is. Agreed. You, you got to make stuff happen. Better so decisions. It's, it's gonna. There's a lot riding. And that's a knock on him: decision making and ball security. Those 100%. two. Those two things. One hundred percent. You know, and they're huge for being a good quarterback in this league. Absolutely. So I, I think that this is this is gonna be the last year for Daniel Jones for you guys. I, I really do. So I think I think you guys made all the right moves. And I think this is a make or break year for Daniel Jones. And then I have my Eagles at number four just because of what I see the team as of right now. Sure, as we, as we first mentioned, this could change. Very easily. It could. So I want to – like, free agency is more than just one week, by the way. It, there's, there's phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five of free agency. So we'll see what the team makeup is, and we'll have more of a dive into yeah. that. When when the and, you know like uh, the training camp comes around exactly. and all that kind of thing and the the problem with the Eagles and it's not so much a problem but it's more so of there's just so many questions like I think the Giants answered a lot of questions in free agency where they leave they left a lot of flexibility in the draft where they can kind of just have they can pick wherever and just fill holes and they're they're positioned to fill all like the the small holes that they might still have. Same with the Washington football team. Same with Dallas. And I think that Philly, you have a lot of questions at different positions. Which even again, coaching. Even, even coaching. coaching. Even coaching. Yeah. Which, again, it doesn't – it's not indicative of, you know, where they're going to finish or where they, where they have finished. It's how they answer those questions that haven't been answered yet. But as of right now, as it stands today, March 26, 2021 – I would have the Eagles finishing last. But a lot can change. And again, just like Daniel Jones, a lot rides on Jalen Hurts. How is he going to perform? And are they going to give him another receiver? A lot can happen there. I think so. At pick 12, I mean, you're looking Most at... Most likely. But not even pick 12. They can go receiver in the second round. That, they could. They could. And that would be arguably probably I the think they're gonna get, the I team. think they're going to get a stud, though. I really do. But you get you can get a stud in the second round, too. No, but like... Uh, you know what I mean. Like, the top four guys that are available, I think one of them is going to be there for them. Possibly even two. I think Devontae or Jalen Waddle could possibly be there. My point is, I think, and, and I'm dead serious on this, I think the top at least eight receivers in this class, I'll stop at eight. The top eight receivers in this class, one to eight, they're number one receivers on Philadelphia's roster. Really? Without question. Okay. That's how deep this receiver class is. And we'll get into that another time. But that that's where I'm saying, like, if they go receiver in the second round, maybe even the third round, but we'll just stop at the second round because I don't know how this flow is going to go. But this receiver class is deep, and the Eagles can add some serious talent. If they don't do it in the first, it's still there in the third. Absolutely. I agree, hundred percent. It really is a deep class, and we're lucky to be like, you know, drafting this early in this, in this type of uh, in this type of you know, what's available there. So I, I don't know. I see Jalen Waddle going there. I really do because I think him and Hurts are just very close, which would be huge. It would. That would it would be so tremendous for a team like Philadelphia. 
I love Jalen Waddle as a prospect. I think he fits there perfectly. I think that takes a lot of pressure off Hurts. And that, I mean, that answers a big question for me. I think it not only takes pressure off Hurts, but it takes pressure off Jalen Rager, uh, Dallas Goddard. It, it, takes, it, it takes a lot of pressure off the other, Travis Fulgram. A lot of pressure off the other receiving options there where it makes them makes their lives easier. Right. I agree. 100%. Yeah. So with that said, that's my that's my uh that's my roundup of what I think the NFC East is going. And again, this could this really could change, quite honestly. Um we'll we'll make more of a touch up on that, you know, when training camp comes around and the rosters are more set and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um Connor, any final words for this episode here? We covered, you know, the trades today, we covered a couple of free agency signs we like, dislike, you know, and yeah, so no, I mean, I, I think we pretty much covered everything that we wanted to talk about today. There's a lot of news, a lot of breaking news, crazy draft trades uh, today. Every Friday, it seems. It, it's insane how what's happening this year. But uh, no, I think we pretty much hit upon everything. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to be discussing some of the big impact trades that have been made over the past few weeks. Uh, you know, where some of these new players fit on their new teams. Yep. And we're also going to be doing our first mock draft uh, for the first 16 teams and go over you know, where we think that each player fits the most and how each one of those teams is going to benefit from you know, one of these players. So be sure to tune in uh, for the next episode. But before I sign off, this podcast is called Beers on the Gridiron. We are drinking beers heavily during this show. <laughs> of course, man. And I just wanted to talk about the beer that we've been drinking tonight. It is from Industrial Arts Brewing Company in Garnerville, New York. Uh, it is the Torque Wrench, uh, hazy double IPA, has sort of you know a sticky and tropical juice taste to it. Eight point two percent alcohol. Delicious, delicious beer. You drink like three of these guys, and you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely, I've had about six. <laughs> and so, be sure to check out. Industrial Arts, they're an awesome brewing company if you can. Um, But that's pretty much it. So signing off, tune in for the next episode. Hey, beers on the gridiron, baby.